the moment things don't go my way, the moment things don't go the way I thought they would, the moment my expectations aren't met. And now, I'm disillusioned, I feel lost, I feel left. And as I was reflecting this week on Mary and Joseph coming into Bethlehem, on how easy it would be to lose sight, and yet, as we look at the Scriptures, I think there's a key there that as we look at Mary herself and her mind, her perspective, and her place before the Lord, there's great encouragement this morning as we walk through uh, this world with the Lord. As we start our story in Luke 1, it actually starts with the promise of not one child, but two. If you can recall in Luke 1, it's actually Gabriel first coming to Zechariah as he is doing his priestly duties and promising that a son was going to be born to him and his wife, Elizabeth. And I want you to hear his response this morning because as Gabriel comes, it tells us this in Luke 1 verse 12, Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel and fear gripped him. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and he will drink no wine or liquor and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb and he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And so, as we read, the angel comes to Zacharias and I want you to note those words. Your petition has been heard. He had been praying for a child. He had been praying for provision. And yet, when the angel comes before him, note his response. Verse 18 of Luke 1. Zacharias said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? For I am old man and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Even though Zacharias had been longing for, praying for this great provision, the moment an angel came to say, Zacharias, it's here. It's time. The Lord is going to do just as you asked He would do. And do you know what his response was? How could I know? Really? I mean, my wife is really old. That's his response. Now I want to contrast that this morning with Mary's response because the same angel Gabriel came to her and I want you to hear what she says. Who has a question from the angel, for the angel, but subtly different. It tells us that the angel came to Mary 
and said this in verse 30 of Luke 1. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and his name shall be Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? She too wanted to know, How can this happen? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth, has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said this in verse 38, Mary said, Behold the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Now as we read those promises and responses, note as Mary questioned, Zacharias had the great question, how is this to be done? He didn't believe in some ways it could be done. And I find very subtly in my walk, even though I'm asking God for something, I'm petitioning God about something, there's a great difference between what I believe God can do and what He actually will do. Oh, I know God can do many things. Oh, I know God is capable, strong, the Creator, the One who holds the whole world in His mind. He can do anything. I know it. And I believe it. And yet, there's a great contrast in what I truly believe He can do and what I honestly this morning believe He will do. (laughs) Oh, Lord, I know You can change uh, my heart, but... It's a little blacker than the average heart. Probably not fully change it. Oh God, I know that you can change that circumstance. I know that you're able to work. But there's a seed of doubt there that it's worth your attention or perhaps that you will change it. Lord, I know you can change their heart, their life, their mind. And yet, Lord, I know what you can do, but here's Zacharias been petitioning, been praying, been longing, been hoping. And with an angel standing before him, your prayers have been heard and God's going to do it. Really? You see, subtly, his inability had overshadowed God's ability. The situation's impossibility had overshadowed what God can make possible. And even with an angel standing before him, though he believed what God could do, there was a subtle doubt in what God would do. Does that make sense this morning? It affects me all the time. I pray for things. I ask for things. I long for things. I hope for things. And while knowing a God who's capable of it all, I allow so much of the situation to overshadow God. Contrast that now in Zacharias, he was given a, a, 
a judgment of sorts, you will be mute until the child is born. God was going to show him that in the midst of his doubt, he was going to have time to reflect on these things. Now notice Mary's question, because she too said, how can this be different? His question was, how can I be certain? Really? Is it really going to happen? Her question, how is this possible? Listen to the answer once again. The Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Whereas Zacharias was allowing his inability to overshadow God's ability, the angel was telling Mary, listen, here's how it's possible. The Spirit is going to overshadow you. And do you want to know her response again? Nothing is impossible with God. Mary said this, Behold the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Do it. Do it. As soon as the angel spoke it, she believed it. And she didn't just believe it. She was ready for it. Now it's after this that she goes and meets Elizabeth. And when meeting her, it's interesting in what Elizabeth says, for she says this, Wow, the most blessed of all women. And as we pick up our text this morning, there are moments in life where you may well be called blessed and yet feel nothing of the sort. I'll read again. Luke 1 verse 39 says this, At this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to the city of Judah, entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting. The baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit and she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how is it that it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. And here's how Mary responded. Verse 46. Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for He has had regard for the humble state of His bondslave. Behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. And His mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear Him. Now, can you imagine this same woman called blessed of all women? She rejoices. She looks to the Lord. She longs for the Lord. And I love verse 49 because I, it gives us an idea of Mary's heart. She says this, The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. You see, in her mind, the things of God, the promises of God had already been done. They were accomplished. When God said it, He had already finished it. Because what God says, He always does. And what He does is always good. And here's the hardship. 
It was after these things. Blessed are you of all women. Blessed is your womb. God has done great things. Oh, and days later, she would meet Joseph, who she now has to explain a pregnancy that does not seem right nor upright in any way. She prepares for now Joseph, who is preparing to divorce her and put her away quietly, if you read on. She prepares now for a husband who has his heart turned by the angel. And now, in the midst of her pregnancy, when probably most would like to build a nest and sit down at home, like Elizabeth, who had all her loved ones around, she prepares for a journey to Bethlehem. A journey in the late stages of childbirth. We know a little bit about this. Uh, because my wife, as we had more and more children, the labors got faster and faster. And we had several almost in the parking lot uh, of the hospital, uh, barely in uh, the, the place where they would be given birth to. Um, in Quebec, I remember, uh, we couldn't win. Uh, we almost had the baby in the parking lot. The next year we said, let's get a hotel when the days are near so that we're right close when it happens. And then we called... She's ready. And the midwife said, I'm not ready. I'll be there in 25 minutes. And again, we almost had the baby in the parking lot. Not fun. (laughs) Not fun traveling when the days are near. So now she's traveling. Not only traveling all the way to Bethlehem to find what? No room in the inn. Can you imagine? Blessed are you among all women. (laughs) blessed to be near divorced, blessed to be taken on a journey, blessed to be pregnant on the journey, blessed to find no room in the inn on the journey. And here's here's the key. Here's her response. Listen, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. You see, today, if you fix your eyes on the circumstance on your expectations of what you thought the journey would be, it's easy to lose heart and lose sight. If you put your eyes on the blessings you long for and not the blesser, on the gifts and not the giver of those gifts, it is so easy to become discouraged and downtrodden. Because today, the journey's not what you thought it would be. It's easy to look at everybody else's journey and wish you had what they had. Elizabeth had John in her home, family around. We know that because they were all discussing what to call him before Zacharias would finally become unmute and say, John, his name will be John. It's easy. In fact, Peter himself did likewise. I I love some of the interactions and again, Peter being so honest in most and many things, it was in John 21 that Jesus would foretell to Peter how he was going to die. He actually said this in John 21, verse 18, Truly I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands. Someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. 
He said this signifying what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said, follow me. Now, I don't know what your response would be after Jesus himself would say, hey, listen, this is the road before you. You've denied me. You've run away from me. (laughs) You've come back to me. You've gone your own way, but one day you're going to die in such a way that you're going to glorify me. What would your response be? Here's Peter's response. Peter, next verse, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. Who's that? John. The one who also leaned back on his bosom at the supper and said, Lord, who's the one that betrays you? Peter, turning around, it said, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Isn't that a great question? Here's Jesus. Hey, by the way, this is how you're going to die. That's like me walking down the road, hearing that, and looking back and going, yeah, but what about Lauren? How's he going to die? Because if that's how I'm going to die, he deserves double portion. I'll tell you that. Like a firstborn son. What's his immediate response? Okay, I'm going to die and glorify you. Thanks. What about John? How's he going to die? What a great... Re- He's, Peter's so good. Here's Jesus' response. Jesus said to him, If I want him to remain until I come, what's that to you? You follow me. Hmm. If I want him to stay until I come, whether he's going to die to or not, what's that to you? Here's what you need this morning. Follow me. That's it. Why? Because God is faithful for the journey he's put you on. God is faithful to produce the promise he's given you today. God is faithful to take you where He's leading you today. And He's faithful to take your neighbor where He's taking them. And He's faithful to take me where He's taking me. But you cannot look at anyone else's journey. You cannot look at anyone else's circumstances. You must only look to Him. Some of my favorite verses, life verses, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 24 says it this way, Faithful is He who calls you and will bring it to pass. I often like to read the Amplified, which again adds words to get the full meaning of often words in another language that you can't say in one word with our English language. It puts it this way, Faithful is He who is calling you to Himself and utterly trustworthy. And He will also do it. Fulfill His call by hallowing and keeping you. Today, God is faithful. Whether you find room at the inn or not. Whether you find yourself in good circumstances or tough circumstances. Whether you find yourself in easy relationship or hard relationship whether you find yourself richer or poorer, stronger or weaker, today God is enough. And I come back to those words. 
before he had even been born, the Mighty One has done great things for me and His holy name. Today, we receive the promises of God by allowing Him to overshadow us. Our circumstances, our situation, our personality, our expectations. But as long as we allow those things to overshadow God, we may miss so much more. You see, even Zacharias would come to a place that when he was now no longer mute. It actually tells us as he proclaims to the Lord, he says, if I can find it here, um, he actually says in like manner, which I don't seem to have it. Hold on. She misses it. There it is. It says this in John uh, in Luke 1 verse 57. The time came Elizabeth gave birth and she gave birth to a son and her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her and they were rejoicing with her. And as they began to talk uh, about the name his mouth is opened and then he says this verse 67. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and the prophesied saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy toward our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to Abraham our father, to grant us that we being rescued from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness. Did you catch it? He has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people. Has Jesus been born yet? No, John has the forerunner. But in John's mind, now having taken time <laughs> silently to reflect on the Lord, what does he see? The promises of God have what? Already been accomplished. He has visited us and accomplished redemption for His people. Where was the great accomplishment of redemption? In Christ. But Zacharias now knew what? It was already done. Because if God said it, God was faithful to produce it. Today, we are all being led to many places in, in our walk. And I feel in my walk, often it's circumstances like the inn being turned away is the door to depression. <laughs> door to, God, you've left me. God, God, Lord, where now? Lord, I'm lost. Lord, you've given up on me. <laughs> Lord, maybe I should give up. When if we truly don't just look at at the blessings, but the blesser. 
don't just look at the journey, but the one who's leading us on it. Today, as we look to the Lord, today, He may not fulfill our expectations and He may not take us on the journey where we thought we were going to go. But He may be leading us where He wants us to go. Mary may have pictured a birth in a very different place and yet God had a very specific birth for His Son. A king who would not be born in a kingly palace, but a king who would be the king to all, even the impoverished even the lowly. He was going to be born in humility, not in royalty. And today, if we run from the discomfort of difficult circumstances, we may be running from the very place God's trying to put us to see His will be done. And so today, I'm reminded of this. Mary, when God said, here is my will, she said, do it. And she allowed the Holy Spirit to overshadow her at whatever cost. And it was at the cost of social comfort as it would come out that she was a virgin now pregnant. It would be at the cost of now being taken on a journey in difficult days. She allowed God to overshadow or as Zacharias, we can maintain and allow our inability, our expectations, our dreams, our thoughts to overshadow God's. And in many ways, I might wonder, not only of Mary and Joseph meeting that place at the inn, but you have to wonder about the keeper of that inn. What guest was so important that they turned away a mother with child? What interruption? Too bothersome to not be sensitive enough to see that it was God incarnate coming. What was so important to protect in that home that couldn't be disrupted, couldn't be moved, that plans couldn't be altered? that they couldn't say, yes, welcome. Oh, but you can have the barn. (laughs) And I think sometimes that's my attitude. When I allow my expectations, my thoughts, my dreams of how things will go supersede the Lord's. I I simply say, (laughs) okay, Lord, you can have the barn. (laughs) Second place, second fiddle. He wants to rule the home, not just be part of the home. And today, I need to allow Him to overshadow everything. And perhaps today, the Lord is taking, as He always does, put His finger on your heart in the areas that you've let overshadow His ability with your inability, what He's longing for with your expectations. And today, if we let go and allow God What amazing things can he do? And isn't that the greatness of this story? He took the old and the barren and provided a child named John in the spirit of Elijah who would be the forerunner of Christ our Lord. He took the virgin and made a son 
A Son that would be fully man and yet fully God, preparing to take away the sins of the world. Today He made the impossible possible, but I'll fail to see it unless I allow Him to overshadow me in every way, in every arena. And I hope that as we go out these doors this week, that would be our hope, is to see God have His way. And when circumstances get us down, we don't lose sight of the One who is seeing us through them. We don't lose hope because we know our hope is a confidence in a God who again doesn't just promise, but always produces those promises. Today we don't just see God's will and believe what He can do, but we embrace what God will do if we'd only allow Him. Let's pray. Lord, thank You that again we can open Your Word and be challenged by Your Scriptures. That today, Mary and Joseph were on a journey. A journey that would be easy to become embittered at the difficulties. To lose focus, to lose heart. And yet, Your humble servant, faithful is He who calls you and will bring it to pass knew that once promised the work was already done and now it was simply to walk with you in the midst of an accomplished work. Salvation was at hand. Thank you that today you have made so many promises. We need not fret about what we were to have or to eat or where we're to go. But to simply keep our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, the one we know has us, whose promise to us that you will never leave us nor forsake us, that you will provide for us, that you will keep us, that you will strengthen us. And whatever season of life today, I pray that whatever rejection, whatever hardship, whatever sorrow, that we might keep our eyes firmly fixed on you, the faithful, the true, the almighty, the one who has already accomplished his will and his work. And today we need simply say thank you and walk in it. For all of this, we give thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.